Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. Jesus 911, Virgin Most Powerful. I'm Soul Patrol with Jesse Romero, Ruben Nava, and uh, we're here on the on the feast of St. Hilary of Poitiers. Um, Jesse, good morning. How you doing? I am reporting for duty. St. Hilary of Poitiers, pray for us. He, uh, this uh, saint was pretty amazing, Ruben. One of the saints that defended the doctrine of the Trinity against the Arians gave some clear catechesis, some clear doctrinal teaching. Because think about this way: if you don't get if you don't get the nature of God and the essence of God correct, then you're worshiping a false god. You're worshiping an idol. That's right. And so many religions out there, they think they're worshiping the one true God, but they're not. Unless you have the understanding, the Catholic Christian understanding of the one true God, uh, you're missing the mark. Mm-hmm. You're right. Yeah. Saint, so St. Hilary of Portiers, pray for us. That's right. He's got a... Uh, he's got a... Uh, his, one of his famous works is the homilies on the Psalms. Uh, so you might want to look that up anyway. Uh, yeah, good to, good to be here, Jesse. Uh, yeah, Ruben, you know what? Uh, we've entered the time of the Cristianos right now. We are. We are. Uh, look, remember the movie For Greater Glory? Yes. And, and I say that just uh, by way of before we start our first uh, topic is that uh, in Mexico, there's been a rash of bishops and Catholic priests that are being arrested for giving homilies, warning the Mexicans that Mexico is going communist, going socialist, and... Uh, we're seeing what, what Plutarco Calles did in 1926. Uh, Mexican bishops and priests are being arrested right now in Mexico for speaking out against the uh, the uh, infiltration of communism and socialism in Mexico. Wow. Yeah, it, it's getting bad. All over the world, too. You know, other places. Countries that you would you would think are, uh, you know, first, not, not a third world country, but a first world country, like, like in Australia, you know, they... They are, are gone. They've gone rogue. And um, Ruben, and you know what sets the tempo? I'll tell you what sets the tempo. Two, two offices. The office of the President of the United States and the office of the papacy. Yeah. Those are the two offices that have international influence. And so when they start ticking left and progressive and modernist and socialist, the whole world starts ticking left. Those are the two offices that have the largest footprint on planet Earth. They they could make a difference right now. They could change things in the oh gosh. overnight. You know, if they said they they changed course and they said, well, hey, we're going this way, and uh, you'd see the. I agree totally with that that statement, Jesse. It is so true. So you know the the what is um. But let's talk about some good news now. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's... You you like you like football, so this is your story, Ruben. All righty. Well, you know we just uh. We just had the uh, national championship on Monday. Uh, it was Alabama versus Georgia. Alabama's defending champions. They, you know, six-time champion uh, under coach Nick Saban, and uh, he's he's the greatest college coach in history. He actually, uh, well, he surpassed the great Bear Bryant, who was from Alabama as well. Wow! So, you know. I didn't know this about Nick Saban, man. I've got so much more uh, respect for him, but it, and unbeknownst to a lot of people, he's a hard-nosed competitor. He's a devout Catholic, who, along with his wife, Terry, actively supports the Catholic Student Center at the University of Alabama. Wow. Uh, he, you know, he didn't. You know, he just recently, like I said, became the the winningest college football coach 
Uh, he didn't do it by being a nice guy. He, uh, he's being, he's known for all being all business, hard nosed approach to the sport. Um, he expects a lot out of his players in terms of preparation and the execution on the field. And so they, they deliver. They are, they're like the, the new England Patriots of college football. Where they just, they just keep, uh, they got a system in place and they just work the plan and plan the work and work the plan. And, um, in 15 years as head coach at the University of Alabama, Saban's become a legend, leading his team to six national championships. And uh, last year, he, they, they beat Ohio State, and that's when he he surpassed Bear Bryant. And then, uh, but this past Monday, it, it didn't happen. You know, earlier in the season, Georgia had uh, Georgia was number one, and Alabama came back and and just really blew them away. But this time around, um. It didn't happen in the in the championship game. That both of the teams from the same conference um, made it to the championship game, and it was a, a hot fought, hard fought battle back and forth. But uh, Georgia pulled away at the end, and uh, it just didn't happen this year. But you know, you win some. It's a game. You win some, you lose some. You're, you're talking about young men, and uh, but that's not the most important part. And he'll tell you um, what is the most important part to him, and and one of it is his faith. But just preparing these young men to go into the world and building their character. That is what's the, the so important to, to this man. That's gold, Ruben. Yeah, that's gold. The article said this about him. What might be surprising to some who don't know is that Saban is a devout Catholic and sees his faith as central to his success as a leader. He sees his investments in his players as people as paying dividends for them in their lives long after the last whistle is blown. Mm -hmm. Here's what he says in his own words. He says, I go to church. In 2020, following the victory in the SEC Championship, Saban surprised football fans when asked on the SEC Network whether he planned to watch a program announcing the college football playoff selection. He said, Coach Saban says, I go to church from 11 to 12, so they're going to have to either schedule it at a different time or I'm going to find out or I'm going to find out when I get out of church. Saban. So, Saban. Uh, 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 Saban answered. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. That is awesome. It, it is. Uh, yeah. the pub a public statement like that uh, from a person that has a lot of gravitas in the world of uh, sports. Yeah, that is he, cool. That, that is so cool. Yeah, he knows where his, his priorities lie, and that's in uh, serving our Lord first and foremost. And then he and his wife go are regular mass goers at St. Francis of, Ass of Assisi Church in Tuscaloosa, and the couple were, were uh, major contributors to the construction of a Catholic student center at the church uh, where the church leaders named the, the, the Saban Catholic Student Center. I didn't even know a public school had a, a Catholic center. Uh, mm. Anyway, serving over 6,000 Catholic students, the Saban Catholic Student Center features weekly Wednesday night speakers, mass and meal dinners on Sunday nights, and a small group Bible studies. Wow. So when asked about the Catholic Student Center, Saban told EWTN, we've tried to raise money for it as well as making a significant contribution. He said and his wife, Terry, is very involved uh, in it. We have a lot of Catholic participation by our students here. We felt it would be great for them to have a place where they can go to socialize and develop the kind of relationships that might be helpful to them in their faith development. Yeah, and you know that's just so cool that you're building up their faith because, you know, what does the scripture says, man? Um, you know, you've got to put him first, give, worship him with all your heart, your faith, your mind, your mind heart, soul, and strength. strength. Yeah. And, yeah. And also, too, the Bible also says, to whom much has been given, 
much will be expected. And a lot's been given to this man. He's got, again, he's got a big uh, footprint in the culture, in the football culture, in the sports culture. And he's using it, again, uh, to promote the kingdom of God in, in his way. I mean, he's not, you know, out there with a microphone, you know, quoting John three sixteen, but in his own way, uh, he is advancing the cause of Christ by his witness. Right. Well, you know, it, it, well, Scripture says, Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and all its righteousness, and everything else will be added unto you. And he's, do, yeah, he's doing that. Right. He, yep. And he's so what's, 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 uh, what do people look at more? Do they look at your, your talk or your actions? And in this case, it's his actions, and they speak louder than words, and they see him, how he carries himself. And he's a man of conviction, a man of virtue, and a man, you know, a man who... Who knows where he, where he's going, and people want to follow that. That's attractive, you know. You got somebody who's uh, who knows the, the priorities, and that is that's like the young Jesse Romero at East LA Station. I saw him, you know. I was trying to get respect all kinds of different ways, you know, being a, with, your, of, with your twenty inch guns, trying to be cool with the guys, you know. <laughs> Maybe I could drink more Coors Light than everybody. And then uh, I see Jesse out there, and and he had virtue, and he had he was trying to. To follow his faith, you know, and and he was, and 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 I said, hey man, I, I want some of that. Give me some of that, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Ruben, but uh, you had the guns, and, uh, and, 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 and a lot of people, uh, they 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 basically, man, what, if whatever Ruben, young deputy Ruben Nava did, <laughs> if, if if he did something, they thought it was cool because you had the twenty inch guns. By the way, I, let me just... You didn't need twenty inch guns because you had a right left combination that knocked <laughs> yeah. people out. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. No, I had a, I had a, uh, I had a machine gun. Yeah, yeah. I, I had, a, I had a machine gun in my two fists when I was young. Ruben, there's other, there's been other legendary football coaches as well on yeah. fire Catholics. I, Don Shula being one of them. I also read that he, this guy went to daily mass. Uh, Vince Lombardi, yes. another guy that I read that he went to daily mass and he served so... at the Latin mass. He served, you know, it was an officer. <laughs> well, Probably Dig Don Shula did too as well. I'm, yeah. I'm guessing. I don't know. Maybe very early. So what I'm saying is that some of these legendary coaches, you know what makes them virtuous and makes them leaders? It's their it's their properly formed Catholic conscience. Yes, that's right, man. That's right. Um, in the end of the interview, he was says um, in 2016, EWTN um, they interviewed him. Saban was asked whether he thought his Catholic faith had anything to do with his extraordinary success as a coach he says i don't think there's any question about the fact that character moral development are all part of leadership he told ewtn i look at it as we always say god have mercy but that mercy is not a well it's a cistern it's a channel that should run through us to other people that's a part of what we try to do for our players so they have a chance to become more successful in life oh, that's powerful man that's and you know what? He knows this, he knows Catholic theology because that's exactly the theology of uh, of intercessory prayer from a believer is that we're not we're not a well, we're a cistern and the grace of God flows from our prayers through us to other people. So this guy knows exactly the theology of redemptive suffering and intercession. Amen. Yeah. Kudos to you, Coach Sabin. All right. Yes. We're going to be switching gear and uh, coming up on the other side of the break. And um, I know a little bit about that topic, Ruben. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll be right back. Go change that dial. Now, back to Jesus 911. 
If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Jesus 911, we are back to Matt Carr. We Jesse said he knows a little bit about this topic we're going into and I hope it's uh from uh, from uh, <laughs> the the uh, mindset not the not the use of this stuff. <laughs> we're talking about marijuana, what smoking marijuana every day does to you and Jesse as you know wrote a book about marijuana and uh man it's it, it man it sold a lot of copies I'm sure Jesse I know a lot of people who have that that book it continues to sell Ruben it's cuz it's a problem that's not going to go away until the second coming of Christ because the propaganda is so strong that it's medicine that a lot of people just you know they mm-hmm. drink the Kool-Aid and uh, that's share, share what the article says it's short then I'll make some comments okay so anyway it, it's it goes into saying that you know some people believe that there's some um Health ailments like like the symptoms from cancer chemotherapy that uh, marijuana has some uh, positive effects on, um, but um, it it could provide some relief. But also the National Health Institute said that. But but smoking marijuana daily and abusing the drug can have serious harmful side effects. And uh, Dr. Parham Yashar, he's uh, a board certified neurosurgeon at Dignity Health Northridge uh, Hospital, said there's evidence that regular use use of cannabis results in changes in the brain especially in the hippocampus and the amygdala, which can have effects on attention, memory, decision-making, and emotional processing, among others, he adds. And Jesse, when we had that conference here at the chapel here in Covina, what was the name of the doctor that came out here? You know, Dr. Uh, Vince Fortenace, brain Fortin- surgeon. Right, and he told me, I had a personal conversation with him because my mother suffered from Alzheimer's. He said that people who use marijuana on a daily basis like this, when they look at the studies of their brain, their brains look like, uh, people with dementia, with Alzheimer's, because it shrinks those parts of the brain that I just mentioned there. And so you're going to see people in the future, young kids that are going to be suffering from dementia and Alzheimer's because of their use of marijuana. So um, in it, and then the younger you are, you know, that you have, your brain is still, you know, uh, like in adolescence, they're still developing. You're going to have more, uh, more issues later on than as someone who's an adult and his brain's already set and formed and everything. So uh, the main thing, the whole thing is, man, do not start using this stuff. And there's Ruben, not- Ruben you, were, you were a cop for a long time. You work narcotics. Ruben, there's not one per. They all say, yeah. you know, I, I, I can just control myself, smoke a little joint every, every now and then and stuff, and I can stop there. Ruben, mm-hmm. how many times have you heard that? And, uh, and and these people are full-blown drug addicts. They've tried everything under the sun. Mm-hmm. They stick everything in their arm and down their throat. And it all started with marijuana, by the way. Mm-hmm. Nobody nobody ever stops there. Yeah. No, you're right. So uh, you want to hit that first point, Jess? Um, marijuana is addictive, and here's why. It, it, you know, there's a... Uh, the article goes on. If you click on to the, uh, the pages on the side, the pictures, there's a... Uh, it's saying that marijuana in the the old days, yeah, in the seventies and eighties, the the THC levels were anywhere from one to four percent THC. That's the tetrahydrocannabinol. That's the 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 stuff that gives you the euphoric effect. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so people say, oh, you can't get hooked on it. Well, maybe yeah, you couldn't get hooked on it. But that you know that that marijuana back then, but now. The potency is is completely different, and you know. Yeah, yeah, it's about the potency now is about twenty five to twenty six times stronger the THC level. Yep. And the marijuana today, uh, through these medical clinics, <clears throat> yeah, medical clinics, uh, and and so 
compared to the stuff back that Cheech and Chong was using, uh, it's 25, 26 times more stronger now. It's addictive. Uh, I got a family member right now, a young family member, 20 years old, uh, told me, uh, found out that, uh, that this family member was smoking marijuana every day, had a talk with them. Uh, family member said, can you talk to this person uh, you know, who's uh, I'm related to, blood relation? Mm-hmm. Basically scoffed at everything I said. I gave her my book. I went through some of the arguments. Said I don't believe in none of that. That's that's Catholic propaganda. Uh, yeah, I believe in what the, the science at Berkeley and they what they you know. So she was very selective. She was going to marijuana doctors and arguing with me. I said okay, fine. Right now, that's unfortunately this young person in my family is a full blown out drug addict. Has basically tried everything under the sun. And is in rehab right now at the age of 20. Wow. And, and can't break it. Yes. Has been there for six months. Can't break it. Uh, it. From marijuana, it went to meth. It went to everything else. Wow. Uh, and so now the person is singing a different tune, saying, mm-hmm. I, think, I think Uncle Jesse was right. Yeah. yeah Jesse, and, and why I look at some of, the, some of these athletes, highest paid athletes in the world. Uh, Melvin Gordon was a... a, a a wide receiver um, for the uh, Cleveland Browns. The guy was making millions, and he kept getting suspended because he kept testing dirty for marijuana. So you can't tell me it's not a that's it, that's not an addiction. He's going to throw his whole livelihood away, millions and millions of dollars because he can't stop smoking the ganja. You know that's <laughs> unbelievable to me. I I can't I can't fathom this. You know. And then the second uh, the second point is why is it hard to treat people for marijuana addiction? Dr. Harsasi reveals that uh, he's an addictionologist. He says he's treated people for everything under the sun, including alcohol, heroin, cocaine, methamphetamine. The last thing people give up is marijuana. That's the one that's the most difficult for them to leave. It's an extremely addictive substance, and the detox for marijuana is very difficult. We don't have any specific substance to combat or aid in in the detox for marijuana. You know, much like the methadone they use for heroin, and they have other stuff they use for other drugs. One medication that we have found to be somewhat helpful is NAC, uh, but there isn't really any med- mediation other than just slowing weaning a person off. NAC is it's a N-acetylcysteine, and it's a supplement form of cysteine. It's got antioxidant properties, and um, so some people use it uh, to combat this oxidative stress and heart disease, infertility, and also psychiatric conditions. That's what the, they use that NAC for. Hey, Ruben, I want to go to the man on the street right now because we have a lot of people that have emailed me on this topic, mm-hmm. people that listen to our show. Okay. Here's one. Uh, Jesse Rubin, I attended the marijuana conference back in 2017. As a recovering marijuana addict, I want to personally thank both of you for having the conference and spreading the word in response to this menace to our fellow citizens and brothers and sisters in Christ. Moreover, I, need, I needed to hear in person the message that you guys gave of the importance of sobriety in relation to my Catholic faith and eternal life. During my 35 months of attending Narcotics Anonymous, Marijuana Anonymous, and AA, I don't recall hearing much of anything in those meetings or reading material about moral, biblical underpinnings necessary for real real recovery like Jesse Romero gave. Marijuana is a gateway drug. It does decimate lives of the user and their loved ones. Your message, guys, is dead on about the effects. And yes, the rosary is the answer. Power of the rosary and other prayers are the answer. Uh... I do agree with the NA saying it will lead to jail, institutions, and death. Thank you for clarifying the spiritual degradation and possible damnation of the soul of this drug is possibly bleeding, leading people 
to hell. Here's another person. It's, I'll share two or three. Uh, dear Jesse and Ruben, I want to thank you for the conference. Jesse, I want, I want to thank you for your book on marijuana. By the way, it's called What's Wrong with Marijuana. You can get it from my website, jessieromero.com. It says, since I read the book, I've stopped smoking weed, went to confession, and started receiving the sacraments again. Uh uh, I, I think people would benefit from this book if you translated it in Spanish. Yeah, that's that's probably true. Another one. Dear Jesse, Ruben, and Terry, thank you for hosting the Marijuana Conference. I know very few Catholics who would dare broach a topic like this. And I'm so glad you, you did the talk on marijuana. I know many people who are not phased by the dangerous effects of it, the, uh, the, 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 by the dangerous effects it has, are not only physically, but mentally. No one knows better the repercussions of being a drug addict than I do. To this day, I blame using drugs on contracting AIDS. Drugs, wow. drugs altered my ability to make good decisions when I was young. So much that addicts are willing to take risks like I did. And as I said, many times in, in those uh, moments of intoxication, I embraced the gay lifestyle and I use those drugs uh, it's not worth one second of gravitation. It's my stupidity. And now I have a cross to bear for the rest of my life. Keep up the good work, guys, and keep getting the message out there. I'll get, well, here's one more. And, and Ruben, you know all these guys. These, these, and they've, they've been to conferences there at the Sacred Heart Chapel. Mm. Here's one more. Uh, Jesse, I had a marijuana debate with a pot smoker, childhood friend of mine. And <laughs> uh, he said, and my brother. Uh, my brother is a Christian for 20 years. And influences our friend to go ahead and smoke weed every day. Oh and they think it's just fine. That's sad. On day three of our internet debate, uh, uh, we were texting and emailing. I pulled out your book, Jesse, and I put on, put it on my lap as we began debating. I listen, uh, li listen to this, my brother. They weren't aware that I was using your book. As we began, they started with, with their same comments like, it's a natural plant that God gave it to us. So I opened up your book and I text them what you wrote on the subject about poison ivy and hemlock. <laughs> this is the miracle. Every question they asked in the next two hours was the same questions you had answered in your book. What's wrong with marijuana? And I responded to both of them with all your scripture in your book. And I sent it to them as you had it in the book written. It's as if the Holy Spirit guided them to ask the same questions on your book. Uh, now, that was a miracle and a blessing from above. After two hours of answering all my brother's questions, he got so ticked off, he called me a stupid blank blank, and he hung up on me. Mm. He goes, Jesse, I was jumping for joy knowing that the Holy Spirit used your book as, as I witnessed to them, and it made me a stronger evangelist. Even though they were mad, I know they got them. I know I got the message across. It wasn't pretty, but it was delivered. I felt like I was on top of the world, knowing I was able to put up a defense and explain to them why marijuana was bad, thanks to your book. So, uh, yeah, these these are all people that listen to our show, Ruben. Dang, that's good stuff, Jesse. That's awesome. Glad you saved. <laughs> glad you saved that. That's awesome. Um, you know, there's uh, another point on the article says that can you overdose on marijuana? Well, they are people that have overdosed, uh, especially those who are vaping because they're getting a higher, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, higher concentration con concentration of the uh, marijuana. And um, sometimes, you know, it's mixed with uh, tobacco, sometimes mixed with, you know, they're mixing it with alcohol. And, and so there are, have been some deaths uh, reported. Um, 
But um, you're, the other thing that they point out is that adolescents and marijuana kids are at a great risk of experiencing severe damaging effects from smoking marijuana daily. There have been a lot of research and studies done on this. The initial studies were done on rats where they found that if you expose rat pregnant females to marijuana, the developing brain of the offspring is affected in all kinds of ways. Their coordination is off. They have a failed reward system. They don't respond to or stimulate to the same way as normal rats developing. They also can perf- can't perform memory tests as well. This is what we find in the offspring of mothers who smoke marijuana during pregnancy. They have a deficient reward mechanism. They're much more prone to having social problems and getting along with other kids and also learning memory and their IQ is affected. Marijuana can lower your IQ by 8 to 10 points if you use it daily and you use it during your adolescence. Some people can't afford to give up 8 to 10 points. In their- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, you're going to be... Uh- I know I can't, and, and and I don't think I don't think uh, the man in the White House can't either. Ruben, by the oh, way. Yeah. No. Right. Okay. And then the, the last point, you know, marijuana can trigger psychosis, and that was the last point they make, and uh, that's an obvious one. You know, it can lead to schizophrenia and other other ailments. So, Ruben, I want to talk a little bit about this on the next segment. I know we had something else, but let's continue on this one more segment. Okay, we'll be right back. Yep. Jesus, nine one one. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Jesus 911, where iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another. That's what we're trying to do here on Jesus 911 to keep That's right. Good good intel. Hey Ruben, let me talk a little bit about St. Hilary of Poitiers real quick and then I want to continue talking about marijuana. Today's a feast day of St. Hilary of, po- of Poitiers. St. Hilary was dubbed the Athanasius of the West because, like the great doctor from Alexandria, St. Athanasius, St. Hilary Poitiers, he worked tirelessly to uphold the truth of the divinity of the Son of God in an age dominated by the Arian heresies. These are the people that were denying that Jesus Christ was fully divine. And St. Hilary and Athanasius, both of them, East and Western fathers, were both... uh, defending and explaining clearly the doctrine of the Trinity and that Christ is co-equal, co-eternal, co-majestic with the Father and the Holy Spirit. So only three years after being elected Bishop of Poitiers, France, St. Hilary was sent into exile in, in Phrygia, present-day Turkey, because he refused to condemn Athanasius. There St. Hilary composed his great doctrinal work on the Trinity. He returned to Poitiers, France and died in 367, St. Hilary was hailed by St. Augustine as the most illustrious doctor of the churches. Quite, a, quite an endorsement. Can you imagine St. Augustine saying that about you, Ruben? Yeah. Uh, yeah. One more thing I want to mention is this Saturday, Sunday, and uh, Monday, I'll be at St. Andrew Catholic Church in Stewart, Florida, uh, doing some, some power preaching with devil-destroying theology. Uh, so if uh, St. Andrew Catholic Church, this uh, sat, uh, no Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, January 16th, 17th, and 18th, I'll be giving an evangelization conference at that parish. Hope to see you there. Ruben, we're talking about marijuana, and uh, I think, I think uh, we have more to, more to say about it. Yeah. So um, it, it, is, it is probably the, the most widely used drug, recreational drug out there. And, and, and again, the, the kids, this is, a, this is a, you know, the drug they start with, and uh, they move on from here. And 
it's uh, it's really out of control when you, you think about how, there's so many when they legalize marijuana in all these various states uh it just it increased the usage and uh it also uh it, it, the black market also thrived it, it mm. flourished it would it didn't go away that was the, they, their thought these knuckleheads thought that if they just make it legal you know we'll be able to tax it we'll be able to control it and uh, you know the black market will kind of go away because now people can get it from here. That's not so. The the black market is 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 even more prevalent. It's they've it's given them like carte blanche to to really allow people to be possessing it. There's people. Oh, I've got a medical marijuana card. I'm good. You know, the police officers like leave them alone and and uh, you know. And then over here in this uh, liberal uh, state that we live in, they've uh, they've cut down the the crime the sentencing and and uh made made a lot of these drugs misdemeanors you know increase the amount that they can possess and it's it's out of control so so it's like it's you you talk to the people on the streets it's like ah oh, it's, it's just like having a, a beer you know and it's and it's not 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 by a long shot but that's their attitude oh it's hey what's what's wrong with having a little joint here and there you know smoking and um or a lot of the things that they're the kids are using is are putting this marijuana into edibles, you know, brownies and and cookies and 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 uh, make it into or they make the butter for like uh, like you would see in popcorn. They would they they sprinkle this, you know, the THC that they they, uh, they extract. So it's very highly you know powerful and potent. So. Uh, they they sprinkle that on on their popcorn. They sprinkle that on, and, and it's uh, unbelievable with some of the the highs. The, Jesse, you know that the, the ERs are are loaded with people that are coming in with uh, uh, overdosing on on marijuana. People, they probably they don't say that though, no, Ruben. They, won't. They, they, they won't. Yeah, they keep that under under wraps and stuff because they don't want it to blow up on their face when they legalize this. And people like you, who are an expert in this area, you worked narcotics your last couple of years. And I'm just well read in this area. A lot of us were warning that this is they're going to open the dam is going to break. We had our finger in the dam. It was leaking. But when they legalized it, Ruben, the dam broke. And now kids are well, I got family members, Ruben, family members that are in drug rehab right now for marijuana, (laughs) marijuana, not heroin, not meth, marijuana. And here's the problem, Ruben. This is so sad is that. The medical institutions, I mean, I talked to doctors, Ruben, they want to cry. They're saying, Jess, when I became a doctor, I became a doctor to come and heal people as a Catholic, you know, to uh, the, the oath of Hippocrates. Now, they're, they're, it's, it's all politicized. And, and what do I mean by, by uh, the medical community has been politicized? Well, look what they're doing right now to us with masks, jab. How about the whole, you know, climate change? We, there's too many people on the planet. How, how about this whole propaganda? Homosexuals are born that way. How about this uh, propaganda? Abortion is health care. Really? One person dies. One person comes out wounded. What about uh, the sale of aborted baby organs? Who benefits from that? Yeah. Uh, what about this garbage propaganda that, you know, cloning human beings in laboratories or transhumans? That's Frankenstein science. What about euthanasia that's merciful and dignified no it isn't it turns doctors into killers what about what we've been hearing since the 60s that you go to any public school we all came from monkeys lizards tadpoles and polywogs <laughs> according to darwinian evolution you you see this in all the public school science classrooms you see this charts on the wall 
for these young Hispanic and black kids and, uh, you know, that, again, don't have parents that are that are sophisticated. And you go to school and you see this chart every day. You're going to call them home and say, Mom, Dad, God didn't make us. We came from these polywogs and these tadpoles and we evolved. Why? Well, all my life from K to 8 or from K to 12th grade, I've seen this chart in the science class and our teachers aren't going to lie to us. What about this garbage, Ruben? Transgender bathrooms. That's pure propaganda. What about puberty blockers to the youth? What, what am I saying? I'm saying just follow the money. The love of money is the root of all evil. St. Paul says, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 10. And unfortunately, our medical community, our scientific community has been politicized. And you got billionaires who are wicked people that promote lies and pure deception through this medical establishment. And we are the guinea pigs. And marijuana is just one of many experiments. Yep. Uh, and then uh, tell me how you really feel, Jess. Jess, <laughs> you covered it. You covered a lot of bases there. So, you know, and, and then you get someone like Hillary Clinton who says that if the uh, the Republicans get back into office, they're going to destroy democracy. This is exactly everything you just mentioned is all coming from the left, Jess. <laughs> And, and, you know, and then rhinos, the the uh, Republicans in name only. The Freemason rhinos. Yeah, that that is it. That's their their uh, idea is to uh, is to change the way we know the America that we know and we grew up with. And uh, we have to, you know, we have to take a stance and, uh, on this stuff and, you know, call a spade a spade. This is this is downright criminal to begin with, but uh, it's diabolical. And uh, that's who they're following. The, the left is is they're. You know, how many let, yeah, genders there? Let, mm-hmm. let me back up the last statement that you said. Uh, Venerable Fulton Sheen, back in the 70s, he gave a lecture. Uh, it's on the Internet. The, the lecture is called... Um, oh, I'll try, uh, it'll, it'll come to me right now. It's, um, it's a three-part series. Terry has it. He sells it. It's on the Internet. Uh, it's something about Good Friday. It, it'll come to me right now. Fulton Sheen said back in the 70s, and this is on YouTube and it's recorded, uh, 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 Catholic Resource Center sells the three-part CD. From, he said this. He said that, uh, that in the future, he says, he says there is a demon of marijuana. Mm. And he, he, uh, he said the demon of marijuana is Bacchus, B-A-C-H-U-S, who will reject, rebuke, and renounce in Jesus' name. Fulton Sheen says... This is the demon that we will be dealing with in America in the future. He Jesse, said this in the early 70s. Yes, yeah. Terry Barber, I overheard what you said. The title of that series is called A Voice from Calvary. Thank you. Yeah, people can get it by calling 877-526-215, and our guys will email it to you as a download. Great series. Thanks, Jess. You yep. guys are doing a good job. Keep it up. Yeah, it's, it's CD number two. It's, he starts off right at CD number two. He says, there's a demon yep. of marijuana unleashed upon the world. This is... Well, this is what we're dealing with now. He gave him, he gave us his name, and he said this in the early 70s. Ruben, this is 40-some-odd wow. years ago, and he was prophetic once again. <laughs> right, spot on, you know. And, and he, has to, he has to know that stuff from his, you know, his authority as a bishop. Yes, yes. You know, these things are revealed to him in prayer. Ruben, when you do a holy hour every day yeah. for 50-some years, God is going to reveal things to you. Uh, mystically that you're not going to read from a book or get from the internet. That's right. <laughs> yeah. You spend that much time with God, you know, he's going to, he's going to tell you some stuff, you know, 
Um, unfortunately, we tend to do all the talking when we go to adoration. We need to sometimes just stop and listen. I know. You know? I know. Ruben, here's just another thing. Uh, I mean, if you, I tell people, just go and take a look. Park your car and, and stop in front of the average medical marijuana clinic, okay? Mm. And, and you're going to... If you go inside, first of all, the guys that are called doctors don't look like doctors. Okay, they look like uh, recycled, uh, you know, uh, you know, Black Sabbath, uh, you mm-hmm. know, o- old guys from Black Sabbath yep. back in the sixties and seventies. Acid oh, rock. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, by the way, my wife. We did a conference. It's called Marijuana: The Mind and Moral Conscience. Myself, Doctor Vince Fortunes, a brain surgeon, and Ruben Nava, who worked narcotics for many years. It's a, it's a, it's a whole seminar that we've done. You can get it on my website, jesseromero.com. You can also get it from vmpr.com. It's called Marijuana: The Mind and Moral Conscience. I did the conference. Terry did. I mean, uh, Doctor Vince Fortunes and Ruben Nava. We all talked for about six hours on this topic. So it's a very complete expose. But the next thing that I'll say is that. If uh, if you look at the people that are there issuing these medical marijuana cards, they look like again they look like uh, guys from Black Sabbath or something back in the sixties and seventies, <laughs> and and the and the people going inside, the young people, all tatted, facial body piercing. They don't work. They're home all day at their parents' house watching video games and playing with themselves in their pajamas. They're faithless. They're secular. Just watch them walk into the medical marijuana shops for an hour. They look like zombies, Ruben, mm. and 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 it, they're exacer- They're already depressed. They're already fighting with with inner demons, and they're making the problem worse. What they need is the Eucharist, is not marijuana. Amen, amen to that, Jesse. Wow. So, <laughs> hey, coming on the other side of the break, we're going to talk some good stuff, good news, uh, miracles that Jesus performed. We'll talk about miracles on the other side. Let's uh, stay tuned. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Jesus 911, I just want to ask uh, our listeners to, we have a, a very faithful listener, and he's a large family, Cardo Sabina. He's, he's in the ER with a pneumonia and uh, in the hospital, and we're, we're trying to get a priest in there to give him his uh, anointing. But, uh, yeah, if you... Lead us in a prayer, Ruben. Yeah. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus Tecum, benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventus tu, Jesus, Santa Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc in hora mortis nostre. Amen. Amen. Nomine Patri, Filii, Spiritu Sancti. Amen. St. Raphael, patron saint of healing, pray for him. St. Benedict, patron saint of healing, pray for him. Mother Mary, envelop him in the mantle of your maternal love. And your motherly protection. Amen. Amen. Yeah. There's not a conference that goes by that I don't see Carlos and his family here. So <clears throat> He's a yeah. good man. Yeah. Okay. Ruben, let, talk about some good news here. Yes. Now, here. Let, let me... Let me uh, there's an article written. The guy listens to our show as well. He, it's a well-written article. We're not going to be able to go through all of it. it but it's, it's worth you downloading. You can go to my website uh, or vmpr.com. It's called catholicace.com forward slash miracles. Uh, this article, what it shows, it, it charts every single miracle that our Lord Jesus Christ did by category. It gives you the type of miracle that he did, um, the miracles uh, you know, of, 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 of the 
Eucharistic miracles, if you will, the feeding of the 5,000, glorious miracles, nature miracles, healing miracles of the deaf and blind, healing miracles of people that were deformed and had diseases, healing miracles of people that were paralyzed and crippled, healing miracles of those that were wounded, healing miracles of the sick and dying, healing miracles of the multitudes, uh, total healing miracles, restoration miracles, exorcisms. Reuben, it is a well-documented, if you want to know the majesty, the power, how amazing Jesus Christ is, this is the article that you definitely want to read. It will give you hope because you know that we serve a God of miracles and you'll know why we're Catholic Christians because we follow him, not a man, no man. We follow him. And yes, he started a church called the One Holy Catholic and Apostolic Church. Mm -hmm. And when you read this article, Ruben, you'll know why we don't follow Buddha, Muhammad, Confucius, Zoroaster, Gandhi, Abraham, Moses. You'll know why we don't follow them after you read this article because Jesus Christ stands in a league all by himself. Amen. Yeah, you're right, Jesse. The, the, those other people you mentioned, they don't have any miracles under their uh, resume. That they, they just, they don't. <laughs> and um, <laughs> but we we have the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. And but I would say that G, you know, he, he, Jesus did this for us, for our, our belief. But yes. what did he say uh, to Thomas? You know, you believe because you've seen, but blessed are those who have not seen yet believe. So he want we want to uh, increase our faith and ask for faith. That's a gift because uh, you know we shouldn't have to. Look for miracles, but right, yeah, right, yeah. yeah, they're there, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But, and ultimately, and I'll tell you why, from a just from a Catholic theological point of view, why these miracles were performed very early on, and numerous miracles, is because Jesus Christ wanted to establish his credentials with the Jews. Why? Because the Jewish understanding of the Messiah is not only that he's going to have a message from Yahweh, that he speaks directly for Yahweh. Now, the Jews didn't have an understanding that the Messiah and Yahweh are one. They didn't have that understanding. They thought the Messiah was just a man, but they did understand that the Messiah speaks for Yahweh, who they call God. And they also would know who the Messiah was because he would be able to perform miracles unlike anybody else. And so this is, and, and, and the Jews are b- very big on what's called in their theology, Jewish theology, your word must be backed up by your deeds. Word, deeds. And we see that, for example, in Genesis chapter 1 and 2. What do we see? God speaks, and then something happens. Let there be light, and there was light. The Jews call that, the word deed uh, corroboration where God proves who he is by not only saying something, but then ha- causing it to happen. So Christ is doing the same thing that uh, of what he did in the Trinity back in Genesis chapter 1 and 2. Now he's become, he's taken on a human body. He's doing the same thing that he did with the tri- along with the Trinity in the Genesis chapter 1. He says something, and then he ratifies it with a miracle. Mm-hmm. Now, for us, I know that a miracle for us is like it's a supernatural event. But for God, a miracle is just something ordinary. That's ordinary for God. It, for us, it's 
extraordinary, but for God, it's just his very nature to be able to do things that are supernatural. It's not like, man, I'm tired now. I got to get some, some iced tea. Boy, I performed a couple of miracles. Woo, I'm exhausted. No, that's normal for him. Yeah. He's supernatural. And so these miracles that are in this article, this well-documented article, by the way, uh, these miracles are simply the, the, the very normal nature of, of who he is, Ruben. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about um, the uh, the feeding of the 5,000. That that was a, a huge miracle. And, uh, you know, it was a Passover season. And, and uh, he's teaching us how he was going to feed not only, you know, them in person, but, but he's going to feed us forever with his Eucharist because that that's on the heels of or that's that precedes the, uh, you know, John chapter six, uh, the Eucharistic uh, dialogue there that he, he gives. But he, when he feeds the 5,000, because he knew they were going away, and he didn't want to let them go away hungry. But it reminds us that, you know, that God's faithful in, in providing uh, for his children. Uh, we have to look, uh, you know, we, we must look, you know, beyond our earthly resources and limitations and, and trust that he can, he can meet those needs. Um, and, you know, uh, not only our physical nourishment, but he could feed our souls and our spirit. And um, so... That's a that was a, a big uh, a big miracle there feeding the the five thousand, you know we have to feel when our resources are limited and hopelessness looms on the horizon like what we're seeing in this this pandemic and uh, you know the miracle provides comfort in the in the reminder that Jesus has extraordinary plans for our lives His grace is sufficient Amen and and His provisions will always come in the most unexpected ways All we need to do is trust and have faith in Him. That's right. Uh, this is the well-written article. Obviously, Ruben and me can't get to all of it. It's it's um, it's categorized very neatly. It's compartment. Heck, you could do a good Bible study on this. Uh, you know, download this article and, and take it to your parish and say, man, I want to do a Bible study on this and get all the men together, all the men and women, or just an evangelization afternoon or something, because it's well-documented. It shows all the miracles performed by Christ by book, chapter and verse. It gives you the categories of the miracles, nature miracles, deaf and blind miracles, exorcisms. And again, uh, many of the saints have said that miracles are only miracles at man's level. At God's level, they're ordinary actions. This is no biggie. And, and, and St. Thomas Aquinas said, Thomas St. Thomas says, miracles are works done by God mm -hmm. outside the order of, usually observed in things. In other words, you and I live in a natural order. Okay, we walk on the ground. You know, we don't fly. We don't levitate. Uh, you know, we, we get tired. We have to go to sleep. You know, we can't transport ourselves by speed of thought. We live in the natural order. But what God does, St. Thomas says, is that the miracles that he does, they're outside the natural order. Why? Because God's outside of time. Yes. And so, you know, a miracle is, is an occurrence when an apparent law of nature uh, is suspended by, by God's divine power. And that's how God proves his presence in the world. And Reuben, miracles still occur today. Not, not as often, not as often. Again, because our Lord warned people that are just miracle chasers. He says, uh, you know, no sign will be given to this wicked generation. God doesn't want us to base our faith on miracles. Right. But, he, but he gave us miracles to establish his credentials. 
You can trust me. Mm -hmm. I've got this. I'm in charge. And so no matter what happens in 2022, remember that we serve a God of miracles. Fauci's not in charge. Biden's not in charge. The CCP's not in charge. They think they're in charge. Jesus is in charge. And don't forget that. Amen. Amen. All right, Jess, I think you got to get. get yeah, going. I'm going to wrap it up, Ruben. OK, I'll, I'll see you. I'll see you next time, brother. OK, God bless you, Jess. Yep, you got it. Continue your good work. And um, so much just the calming of the sea, the common of the sea and the storms. You know, Jesus calmed the seas and the, and the winds and. Matthew uh, 8.23, Mark 4.35, and Luke uh, 8.22. So we know that uh, when we have uh, storms in our life, we can trust in, in our Lord to, that, you know, um, he's not asleep at the wheel. Jesus was was taking a nap in the boat, but uh, he knew what was going on. And they, they woke him up and they said, hey, Lord, save us. You know, we're perishing. And he says, why are you terrified? Oh, you of little faith. He got up, he rebuked the, the, the winds and the sea. And uh, there was a great calm. The men were amazed, you know, and said, hey, what sort of man is this whom even the winds and the sea obey? So in the story, the disciples are gripped with fear because of the violent storm developing around them. In the midst of the fearsome situation, Jesus wakes up from his sleep and commands the waves, the winds to calm down. And he also rebuked his followers for having little faith. So how often have we been faithless, you know? Um We've got to put our trust in him. So when the, just like the Jesus disciples were, sometimes we're vulnerable to, to human weakness during the life, during life storms, we might find ourselves faltering and failing. We could become afraid and we, we rely on earthly solutions instead of spiritual answers to fix our problems. So as long as we believe in the power of God and his unwavering love for us, we can weather any storm and overcome upheavals that come our way because we are in Christ. All right. So. You know, the, uh, you know, the raising of Lazarus, that was another big uh, miracle he did. God has the power over death and darkness. Um, then, uh, you know, how about the Lord's Supper, the, you know, the Lord's sacrifice on our, on, uh, for our salvation when he, uh, you know, given us the, the miracle, the Eucharistic miracles. Uh, every Mass, we have, um, you know, a miracle going on at, at on the altar. Every Mass, the bread and wine become for us our body and blood. Not through the through the consecration of the priest, but it's because of Jesus. It's Jesus doing the miracle. Okay, so uh, anyway, you've been listening to Jesus nine one one. I hope you like the show. Share it, and um, you know, hit the like button. And uh, we will uh, be back. Jesse will be back tomorrow. Continue uh, prayers. Holy name of Jesus. Say the name of Jesus throughout your day. We honor him this month. And uh, you've been listening to Jesus 911. Stay tuned for Hands On Apologetics with Gary Mashuda. The Midwest Command Center. We are 10 7. We are out. E O W. End of watch. God bless you. Keep the faith. <laughs>